You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome back, back to the Oz, Oz Network. Network. Just once what? I'm going to get one of these out. So welcome back to the Oz Network uh, for another movie review, our second in the last week. And what we're much more excited to talk about than the Meg, the last one that we talked about. Uh, we're here to talk about Peppermint. Peppermint. Peppermint, Peppermint, the most unfortunately titled awesome action movie you'll see this year. Uh, this is the action movie return of my hero, Jennifer Garner. Uh, sorry, hero isn't the word. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say wife, but I'm already married. <laughs> Jennifer hey, hey, Garner. Watch, watch yourself. <laughs> um, one of my all-time favorites, Jennifer Garner. And one of my favorite genres, Jerry Action Films. So um, this was an interesting date night dragging Jamie along to this one. But uh, uh, we'll talk all about our experience seeing this in a second. You guys, I didn't even fall asleep. Yeah, that's a first. You even fell asleep for the first few minutes of John Wick. And you love John Wick. Uh, My name is Colin, vigilante soccer dad. Okay. My name is Jamie and peppermint is not my favorite ice cream flavor. No, um, I like it though. I'm more of a mint fan than you are. Let's yeah, just start not, right not, off. I'm not really a mint fan at all. Yeah, I. You asked me. You're like, do you think this movie's gonna be good? Because we even talked about like how disappointed I was with the Meg. And you're like, oh, well, we'll go see Peppermint. You think this movie's gonna be great? And I'm like, well, it's got Jennifer Garner. It's you know from the guy that made Taken and uh, District B13. Unfortunately, the same director also made From Paris with Love and The Gunman, which are awful examples of Jerry Action films. Uh, but I told you that the most unfortunate thing is I said I'm fairly convinced that this movie is not going to be as big of a hit as it probably should be because of the unfortunate title. So let's just start right off by telling people there is no relevance to this title whatsoever. The title Peppermint literally comes from the fact that it was a the flavor of cookies girl guide cookies that her and her daughter sell in their opening scene of the movie and it was the flavor of ice cream that her daughter ordered um before she was gunned down which if you've seen the trailer you already know i'm not spoiling anything that's the whole purpose of the title peppermint which i think just is ah uh, it's a little bit weird but the movie itself though I, I do actually, so surprised how good this was. I do actually have to say that for how many times they said it in the uh, in the movie, it really stuck in my head. Normally, I forget uh, characters' names very easily. Yeah. And because they said her name a thousand times in the movie, I remembered it's Riley North. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I I really like that. I remember it. I don't know. <laughs> it's really good. Well, you need like okay, so. First of all, there's going to be people out there complaining, like, uh, you know, this is ageism, like, saying Jennifer Garner's in Jerry Action Films. I mean, the whole title Jerry Action Film actually came when Sean Penn was promoting The Gunman from the same director, where he was talking about the the whole genre of uh, Taken, Expendables, Jack Reacher, Equalizer, and he said, I wanted to get on this Jerry Action genre. People are going to say, oh, it's ageism or whatever with Jennifer Garner. Let's just be perfectly honest here. Like, this is no knock against Jennifer Garner. I'm probably the biggest Jennifer Garner fan you'll ever meet. Jamie will contest that. He really is. Uh, But she's 46 years old in this movie. And, or I guess in real life. Jennifer Garner is 46 years old. Yeah, Liam Neeson was like 56 when he did Taken or whatever. You know, Sylvester Sloan's like, I don't know, 85 or something like that. But uh, Tom Cruise was 50 when he did Jack Reacher. 
Uh, Keanu Reeves is 50 when he did John Wick. I mean, she's really only a couple years younger than those guys. And this is something that I love about it, that we have not only another female action movie, a legitimate one, because the last, I think, really good one I could remember uh, that like really delivered was Columbiana or um, even um, Haywire with Gina Carano. And again, that was with younger actors. Here we have a 46-year-old woman in there as a believable action hero. And I think it helps that Jennifer Garner has been so long since she's done this. So I love the fact that, that she's embraced not just coming back to do an action movie, but has embraced coming back to do this action movie as a, a woman who's now getting close to 50. I I think that you hit the nail on the head there with um, what I was going to mention that I think it was super believable um, because I was watching it and it was just as... I don't know if choreographed would be the right word, but it was just as, as natural, like flowing, um, just seemed like, yeah, you know, this is, this is her. She normally kicks butt every day, uh, just as much as John Wick or any other movie. And, um, to add to that, it, they really made it seem like, okay, you know, the villains are actually a bit scared of her. Yeah. Well, uh, which is great. Let's also just start off, because there's going to be a lot of people who have heard reviews of this, or maybe even seen the movie, being like, are they crazy? This isn't a great movie. This is a good movie. It's great. Well, it's great as an entertaining, but it's unfortunate that the reviews of this movie is getting terrible reviews. And the reviews out there seem to be singling it out for the fact that it is just your standard run-of-the-mill revenge movie. You know... It's not going to be as, uh, I'm not going to say John Wick is complex, but like John Wick sort of exists in its own universe, its own world. It's not going to be, you know, as uh, amusing as Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is like a huge literary character, 20 books, they got a lot to to go from there. But I'm going to say like, if you take this and you stack this up against Taken, I mean, I'm not going to say this is better than Taken, but I think it's on the same level. It is just a run-of-the-mill revenge story. But what makes it work so well is that it is Jennifer Garner, that we are seeing somebody different do a movie like this instead of just the Liam Neesons or the Denzel Washingtons or the Keanu Reeves or Jason Sathams or whoever else is out there. Like, she's what makes this movie work. And that's not just coming from a Jennifer Garner fan. That's from, from you know, I think anybody's point of view. I mean, the good review, the bad reviews out there are all saying Jennifer Garner works in this movie. Yeah, and and the thing is, is there's not really as many, and I'm not going to say, oh, you know, like, I'm complaining about it or anything. You know, obviously, there has to be good stories and uh, good opportunities, and sometimes there just aren't as many. But, you know, there's not really many action movies that I can think of where the there is this such a strong female lead character okay who who really is believable that you know what okay i don't want to meet her in a dark alley she'll kick my butt well i i do want to i take exception to you saying start i feel like that's an overused term the whole strong female character what defines her as being a strong female character i mean the fact that she's physically strong because part of this movie is about the fact that like the basic plot line is that her wife and or her wife (laughs) her husband (laughs) her husband and child are gunned down by you know uh a gang and they end up going off free because corruption, police corruption, uh, you know, uh, court corruption and all that. And she just disappears and comes back years later and starts killing everybody involved. The movie sets her up as a character where they're trying to paint her as being this crazy woman before she goes crazy with any of this stuff. 
she is full-fledged nuts in this movie. Let's not joke about it. Like, a strong female character. I mean, she she's off a rocker. It's great, it's <laughs> great though. I, it is. I love it. Because it's not like she's mentally unstable, but there is a level of lunacy to her where you believe that this woman literally did snap, but they still managed to keep her a hero in this movie. Again, I'm not trying to oversell this. Like, this is me just really enjoying a good action movie. It's not a brilliant movie, but it's the fact that it's something different than what we're getting, and that's why I think all the bad reviews out there are still praising Jennifer Garner. And I think it's also the fact that they could have just made this, you know, a woman bent on revenge, but, like, there's a scene in this movie, I don't want to give too much away, where she does something fairly cruel and pretty abusive to a person who wasn't the nicest person in the world, but did not murder her family. It was just sort of a nasty person she used to know. And she's like, let me smack you around. Let me tie you to a chair. Let me threaten to kill you and burn your house down. Like, there is some real uh, moments where her... I'm not even going to say moments. Her her screws are loose. Her screws are loose for most of this movie. And not in a crazy way, just in a way where it's like, this is what a person's like when they snap. Yeah, well, and it's like, you don't know what she's going to do next. Yeah, and it's like, it didn't make her into, you know, this terrible person in any way. I mean, because part of this is very equalizer-like, where she sort of looks around the world. I mean, if you look at the poster, you don't get this much from the trailers, but if you look at the poster for this movie, it's her standing in front of, like, this painting of wings, and the whole idea is that she's, you know, this angel that protects people, and that she's sort of developed, I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about that in the end, but just her character takes on this... uh this uh, position in the movie where, where she is like this this legend, you know? And I think that's what makes it so interesting going forward if they were to ever make a franchise out of this because obviously they're going to mostly wrap up her personal story here. But her as a character being this, this almost myth that people talk about by the end of this movie and like the, this whole angel character where there's looked at as a protector for, you know, these these down and out homeless people and all that... I mean, that's one of the other things that I thought was really interesting about this is that it's not just a revenge story. If it had just been that, I mean, there were moments where it was just focusing on her story in the middle of the movie where I was like, okay, I mean, we can kind of speed this up along. But then when they really got into the idea that there's all these homeless people in this neighborhood she's in who look at her as their protector, even though they know nothing about her, it's just she's there and it's like nobody talk to her, nobody touch her, (laughs) nobody say anything to her, but we know we can trust her. Like, that's that's where I can see this going as a franchise in the future. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that there's definitely um, room to grow. But I also wonder, though, where they would go from here. Well, I mean... Because it, it seems like everything is so wrapped no, up. But, but I, I don't want to give anything away, but... The the best comparison you can make to this movie oh, wait, is... Oh, but you know what? I just remembered the end of the movie. And I'm like, oh, there. you know what? There is room where there could actually be more to that sorry i just remembered the end of the movie well, i won't spoil, too I much, won't but, spoil it but obviously the main comparison is taken just from the idea that this is you know uh, a person whose family is hit and they kind of just go on this revenge mission uh and obviously pierre morel who directed this is the same guy did take in but the closest comparison to this would be the punisher and if you look at the punisher i mean the comics uh tv show whatever the 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 more recent movie, not Warzone, but the more recent movie, the one with Thomas Jane and John Travolta as the villain. That was a story about a guy avenging the murder of his family. Once you wrap that story up, you still have... It's the same reason why I think this works, is that you have this setup of him becoming this persona of the Punisher. And that's why I think that visual of the the angel wings behind her is so great, because that's where this what this movie 
kind of becomes about... I don't think they push it so hard where they're, like, trying to go for a franchise. This could very well just be a one-off, but it's interesting to think that with, with that identity she has in this movie and the fact like you said they mention her name so much because in this movie she becomes a huge media story and they play yeah. up on that in a way where I think it added some excitement to the climax where it could have just been your generic shootout with the bad guys and instead you have all this involvement where media is tracking her people they're showing you people's tweets and everything about Riley North and the, the, the vigilante soccer mom and all that and it just added some extra excitement because it's something we, again, something we haven't seen in a movie before. How would people respond if there really was a soccer mom who came back five years later and people started turning up dead? Like, uh, y- yeah, you're going to have people who are legitimately afraid and saying, oh, like, you know, somebody needs to stop her. But the majority of people out there are going to be like, this is a pretty cool story. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say, though, I think that Jennifer Garner was awesome in this role. Um, in every role. Uh, I, in well, life, I, in I general. Know, I know you're going to say that, yeah. But even when... Um, and obviously it's not spoiling anything because, like you said, it's in the trailers. But when her family gets gunned down and stuff like that, like, just just her her whole scene of being in absolute despair, it was... I, I was ready to cry. And it's brief, too. Like, they don't yeah. overdo it. No. Well, because, like we were talking about before, you know, ages ago, when there is uh, obviously uncomfortable scenes like that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have it go on too long because people will be really uncomfortable. Yeah, like there's tons of studies on that and it's pretty much just known among all filmmakers that you don't want to dwell on any type of grieving because it makes audiences uncomfortable, which is why you often see scenes like that just sort of start and then they're cut off. Or in this case, you see her grieving, but you're not really hearing the audio of it. It's just sort of the visual of, of her. Yeah, with, with, uh, with the music. The, the reason that this works, and this is why, like, Pierre Morel, he did Taken, he, um, then he did the From Paris with Love and Gunman. The reason that those movies didn't work, and why something like The Equalizer works and John Wick um, and Taken is that there's a bit of a heart to this movie. And that that's, again, it's not a complex story. It's pretty generic. It's something you could see... And just your typical, I don't know, like average network TV show, uh, just this idea of like the family being gunned down. But that made this a more personal story. When you get a movie like The Gunman, it doesn't work on that level. And the reason Taken works is because the audience thinks, oh, well, you know, what if this were my child or, you know, family member or whatever? Uh, the reason The Equalizer works is because you see him form relationships with these people around him. And when they get hurt, he's like, well, let me get revenge for them. Uh, Jack Reacher doesn't need that because he's Jack Reacher. But like John Wick, his dog dies. You have to have a personal connection like that. So I think that was so important in this movie. It, I'm not going to say it gets lost, but I think if I'm going to have one complaint about this movie, the timeline does jump all over the place. I mean, it starts with her starting to kill these people. And then it flashes back and shows you how they got there. And then it flashes forward again. The only thing we don't see is how she became this character. Like, how she became... There's a few little brief moments where there's some video that they found on the internet. Uh, you know, some some police files. But I was expecting, at least in the middle section of the movie, maybe to get a little bit more in-depth of what was she during those... during What was she doing during, during those five I, years where she was away? That would have been probably a little bit more interesting or would have improved this movie a little bit. I actually have to disagree with you. I like the For fact- once you want something unanswered and I want it wrapped up in a neat little package. Well, we're not talking about an ending here. We're talking about a middle. I actually kind of like that they left it mysterious and open. Um, I don't really think that there is anything unexplained because... Um, 
What? No, no, because they give all these different hints in the movie um, that obviously she's she's going to all these different places in the world, not only to run, but probably to learn all these different things. Um, uh, you know, like fighting and uh, no doubt gun skills and things like that. And then there's all these videos that they find, but also with her, um, you know, uh, protecting people. It's all kind of explained. There's little tidbits. I'm not saying it's not explained. I'm saying I would have been more interested in that than in maybe one too many scenes of her, you know, I don't know, spying on the villains. You know, it's just it would have it would have been a slightly more interesting story than what the middle sections would be. And not knocking the opening act, the third act of this movie, just the middle act did drag at certain points, but they more than make up for it with the end. Um, Just Covering, I guess, there's not a lot of other characters who get a lot of screen time in here, but uh, um, one of the here's one of my big complaints. One of the reviews I read said that this movie was racist, and the example it gives is because the Hispanic characters are the villains in this. Now, I, I'm just going to say this. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, because also, first of all, this entire movie is about cor- not just gangs, this Hispanic gang. It's about corruption among the police... And you're seeing that these judges, these politicians, these police officers, who are all the white characters in the movie for the most part, are equally to blame and are having just as much vengeance, you know, uh, unleashed upon them by Riley. Uh, But furthermore, I'm not even going to say who it is, but there's one other character in this movie, maybe two other characters in this movie, that by the end of it you realize are real hero characters in the story, who also happen to be Hispanic characters. Like... Jennifer Garner is one of two white actors in this movie, so I just hate when you get a movie like this where you're really getting like a huge showcase of different ethnicities and you want to pick on like, are people going to say, well, Black Panther is racist because Killmonger is black and he's the villain? Well, so is the hero, you know? <laughs> I mean, well, you have good characters and bad characters in this movie. It's like, it's just, it, it bothered me that of all things to complain about this movie, it's racist. For what? There's good Hispanic characters in this movie, there's bad Hispanic characters. Well, the movie, though, it does actually go into details explaining that um, this um, Hispanic gang um, is not only um, corrupt and uh, obviously breaking tons of laws, but they're involved with lots of other gangs and they reference even a Korean gang. Yeah. And I don't know if there might have even been like a, a, a Chinese one, I don't know, but like, you're talking about all these other gangs and stuff like that. It's... It's it's a gang world that this movie takes place in. It's it's not saying that all Hispanic people are bad. It's just saying that this <laughs> well, especially th- this particular gang is you know Latino. Especially considering this movie has one of the hero characters be a Hispanic police officer. <laughs> it's just uh, it just bothered me. But going back to Jennifer Garner here, um, because you know I will. Uh, I, I, we just finished watching Alias season two finale, The Telling, which is in my opinion, the best episode of the show ever had. Now, I, from, like, the very beginning, a huge Alias fan. I'd probably rank it in my top ten favorite shows of all time. Maybe close to my top five favorite shows of all time. I can't even tell you how many times I've rewatched it. I don't think Jennifer Garner, maybe because of the direction her career went, I don't think she ever got enough credit for what she did in TV. First of all, just to have a lead role... Uh, like a lead female role like that in an action show, I can I tried all day to think. I could think of one other TV show that came prior to Alias 
that had a female action hero in it, and that's Xena. Now, Xena is something different. It's cartoony. It's also comical. For a serious, dramatic network show to have a female action hero, Alias was the original. And what made Alias work so well is they never went out of the way in the show to show her as being a female action hero. She was just the action hero of the show. It was her show. She was an action star. What made that show so great, though, was just, and what makes Jennifer Garner so great in these roles, aside from other reasons. I know you're smiling at me right now. <laughs> um, but uh, did, did you say roles or robes? Ro- what? Uh, let's get back on topic here. Um, you you want to get back on Jennifer Garner? Oh, Jamie, come on. <laughs> um, but but I'm I'm trying really hard here. You <laughs> really hard? No, just stop it. Okay. Um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was I saying? You were talking about how it was like the first TV show that was taken seriously. That okay. Was a woman. What made it so great is that. And this is also explains where her career went, why she's been away from action for so long. When J.J. Abrams wrote Alias, he wrote it for Jennifer Garner. And he basically told her, look, this role is yours. And she had zero confidence going into this. She was panicking before they started filming because she just, I'm not cut out for this. I'm not a physical person. Uh, I'm <laughs> extremely, <laughs> uh, what would be the word? Gentle, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say lazy, but like not action, not like, like just composed. She's very composed. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, trust me, this will work for you. And she did it. But, you know, again, one of the other things that's annoyed me in the media is there's been so much attention on it. uh, Her returning to this action role that some people were saying, well, Hollywood didn't give her a chance. No, that's not true. Jennifer Garner never was comfortable doing action. When Alias ended, she did, I mean, she had done Daredevil Electra, but she did The Kingdom, which is not really an action movie. It's more of just an action thriller. Uh, she chose to get a comedy because she said that's what she was most com- comfortable with. So she did comedy. She did dramas like The Dallas Buyers Club. Um, you know, Obviously, 13 Going on 30 is probably her big one, but even some of the more recent ones, she did like the, the movie Butter that we saw. Hilarious in that. I mean, she really, I, I think she probably has more of a talent for comedy than action. But... She said she she wanted to go back and just do something. She thought she still had it in her to prove, hey, physically I can still pull this off. But it was her choice to step away from action. I think that's one of the other things that made this so exciting. Um, you you weren't like that attached to Alias. Like for me, it's still one of my favorite shows of all time. But I mean, do you remember ever watching Alias? Never, never when it was on TV. I only ever heard of it and saw it when you showed it to me. And I've only ever seen a couple of episodes, but I think it's good. So this is what I, I find. Just... I, I think it. I think that you, you know, it, you have seen the whole show multiple times. So it makes a lot of sense to you. And I know that you say things like, "Uh, oh, you won't need to watch. <laughs> You'll get it." And then I. No, 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 no. That's not no, what I said. No, but I, but I watched the show, and I'm like. I just feel uncomfortable. Like, there's so much I should know. Well, no, but what and, and I you, said and was... You, but you explain things to try to fill up gaps in gaps, but I, I hate... I hate just being... I, and I'm not... I know I'm not, like, on the spot, as in, like, somebody's talking to me, but on the spot, as in, like, I'm watching this and I have no idea. No, but, okay, first of all, I didn't say you'll get it. You said, should we start with season one? I'm like, no, 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 I want to show you the season two finale, and then I want to show you the season three premiere, because season three was my favorite, and I'm like, I'll explain everything to you, and you're like, yeah, but I'm not going to understand anything. I'm like, trust me, if we watched it from season one, you wouldn't understand it either. (laughs) That's what I said, because 
I tried to explain this to you, and I, well, this is going off on Alias, one of the shows I'd most like to cover if we ever find somebody to do it. There's no way to explain it. It's like she's working for the CIA, but then she finds out it's not the CIA she's working for. It's actually a terrorist organization that poses the CIA. So she goes to the CIA and says, I want to uh, turn in this other organization. They say, we want you to work as a double agent. And then like, we have another double agent on the inside and it actually turns out to be her father. So her father is actually working on both. And then she finds out that her mother who raised her and was just a regular house mom or whatever, turned out to be a Russian spy who actually spent her entire life living with her, raising her as a mother, as a wife, and was working for the Russian side the entire time. She goes back and forth between two organizations uh, playing the terrorists for one side and then oh, actually working for the CIA eventually just works for the CIA then she gets knocked out and she wakes up two years later <laughs> she doesn't know where she is she's in Hong Kong and the show, whole show has jumped and then she has to spend a whole entire season finding out where she was and there's all these uh, inventor the Rambaldi who had these inventions back in the 1500s kind of Da Vinci type and it has like all these prophecies that involved with her like, she was prophesied to be this this you know savior from uh, hundreds of years earlier and uh, there's science fiction elements because these inventions could give you things like eternal life and then she ends up fighting her mom in the end the end did you even take a breath uh, maybe once but nobody got that and I, I'm sure I didn't spoil anything because you didn't understand any of that but that's alias but Back to what my point was, there's my auction caller calling coming back here. No, no, you no, no, you no, put no, no, me no, no, under no, no. strict time restrictions. So make this one under 45 minutes. That's what happened. Same with the Meg episode. Um, but as somebody, this is, I found it weird over the last couple months as I was talking about this movie so much. And I would tell people, uh, like, we had plans uh, going months back uh, to go over to somebody's house to hang out with them. And you gave me the date. It was like, it's going to be September 7th. And I'm like, eventually, I'm like, I can't do it. Like, why? It's like, that City Peppermint comes out. You're like, what? And eventually, we had to cancel the plans anyways. And we was, they asked, oh, what movie was it you wanted to see instead of coming to our house? I'm like, oh, Peppermint. It's like, what's that? It's like, it's Jennifer Garner. She's making an action movie again. And people are like, oh, great. Maybe because it's been so long since she's done action. Like, it's weird that so many audiences aren't really on board with this, but what I really loved was the day we saw this movie, there was a TV spot that aired that said, Jennifer Garner is back. And now over the last few days, it's like it took so long for the media to catch up with this, and now that's what everybody's talking about. She's back, she's an action star again. This could be like Liam Neeson. Like, you know, he didn't become an action star until he was 56, and now he's one of the world's biggest action stars. Like, I want her to continue on this... I love her in her comedy roles, but I think this is where she fits. And I, I don't know. I'm just this is going to become a Jennifer Garner appreciation episode if you don't stop me. So stop me any time here. But you're looking at me like <laughs> I don't dare. Um, I think there's something about the fact that she she doesn't strike you as an action hero because she herself has said I'm more comfortable with comedy. I. I'm not a physical person. This isn't what I was comfortable with. I was nervous doing Alias in the first place. And even in this movie, she's not your likely action hero. So when you're seeing her, it's more impressive. It's almost like the first time you really saw Tom Cruise do incredible stunts. You're like, that five foot five man, you know, can can do all this, can jump out of a building and hang off the tallest building in the world and, you know, dangle from airplanes and helicopters. Like, there's something impressive with the fact that she's not your typical action star. Please stop me now. Otherwise, it's just going to become the Jennifer Garner episode. Stop. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, I personally have noticed... What's with you and the butts? Well, okay, anyways. Uh, I've noticed that critics are I'm hating sure this movie. Noticed. Critics are hating this movie, but this is coming out the same weekend as The Nun. Uh, now, The Nun is one of the spinoffs of The Conjuring, which is going to go on to 
be the biggest opening weekend they're saying for any of this conjuring universe so two annabelle movies two conjuring movies the nun this one's outgrossing all of them having said that critics hate it and audiences hate it now critics hated peppermint from what we noticed but the audience response has been pretty solid it seems like on imdb right now it's got a 6.7 two days ago it was at a 6.4 this morning it was at a 6.6 i think people who are seeing this movie are responding to it more than critics are you have to fill us in a little bit because as much as this was like the movie I wanted to see, I was dragging you to watch my first love, Jennifer Garner, <laughs> uh, in an action movie, in a Jerry action film. You got so into this movie. Yeah, it was awesome. And again, I mean, I didn't even fall asleep. Just to say that, that's huge. And like, you're not the typical, oh, I love, like you do love romantic comedies. You are very much into like girly girly movies i mean jane austen that's one of your things mm-hmm. drew barrymore romantic comedies uh, doesn't matter how cheesy it is hillary duff movies like super feminine movies you love those but at the same time you're also really into stuff like john wick mm-hmm. and i don't know you're, you're not much of a diehard fan are you mm, i mean the one with uh alan rickman Okay, like the first one. Die Hard, but like he's Alan Rickman's really hot. Yeah, but like Jack Reacher. Well, this isn't the Alan Rickman episode. You'll. That's oh, too bad he's gone. When we he, do die he was really hot. But um, but if, like you, if, you if love. You, if you review that episode, I'll just come on just to say he was hot. Maybe for it. Christmas. No, but that's all I'll say. But um, like you, you're you don't really have one genre, but I will say even though you do like movies like this, like you're a huge John Wick fan, Jack Reacher, um. I would probably say that for the most part, when I watch movies like this, you're sort of like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, most of the time. And you loved this movie. I really did. So I, what did you love about it? Um, I don't know. I've already kind of said I, I loved how she was super believable. It was, it was uh, re- I thought it was really interesting. And I know, like, I've seen Alias, and, and I mean, that's TV, so I don't expect the quality to be the same, but... Watching this, though, you know, I'm so used to watching all of her rom-coms. And um, then all of a sudden I see her kicking butt like John Wick. I'm like, heck yes, heck yes, yeah. Kill him, kill him, slit his throat. (laughs) You know, the other thing I just want to comment on here, because you did mention like John Wick. I mean, the fight scenes are not nearly as complex as what we get in Jack Reacher or John Wick. I would say this is more like an equalizer thing where she's definitely very physical in this movie, but it's more about the cleverness of her kills. Yeah. Uh, like that's, I think what set the equalizer apart is not that he goes in there and gives you this incredible martial arts demonstration, like John wick or Jack Reacher, what she does in this movie. It's like, there's some of the death scenes in this movie where I'm just like, I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, (laughs) that's, that's a clever way of staging it. The one with the judge is probably my favorite. Um, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, overall, I think that even though there were some slow parts in the middle, and again, I'm not saying this is a brilliant movie, I just thought it was so enjoyable, especially coming off of this summer where so many things have been kind of disappointing. And here we have this movie, like, at the beginning of the fall season, just the dumping ground for movies, September. And this movie's, like, pleasantly surprising that how good it was. We're going to buy it. Well, let's just say it now. I'm buying this movie. I'm buying it. Me too. Twice. Yeah, not Definitely not bidding it. Two copies. I'll buy the 3D copy if they ever put one out. Yeah, because you want to see her in 3D up close <laughs> on your TV. No. Um, oh, you guys should see how big his dimples no. are right now. 
this is this. Anyways, you paint me as if I'm like you. <laughs> it's only if it's like you with Keanu Reeves, right? Legitimately, I, come on. Like every person's a little bit like that. And no, if no, no. It, what, what my, and my if point, they say that they're not, they're lying. My point is, is that Jennifer Garner could physically look like B. Arthur, and if she performed the way she did, like. It, not just in Alias, but 13 going on 30, uh, all the other movies out there, no, I, I would be just as big of a fan. Like, she is one of the unsung heroes in movies. What if she looked like Cher? I'd have trouble in. <laughs> a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, we've rated it, so we're both buying this. It's not even a question. Yes. Uh, do you want to give this... Put this in order for the Jerry Action films, like the, the big ones out there. Like, Expendables is something else, so you can't even include the Expendables. Uh, I wouldn't, because I don't even remember so That's it. like a super group of Jerry Action films. Where does this rank in the order? Because we kind of did the whole Equalizer thing. I said that the Equalizer 1, I would have put you know higher, uh, but the, the Equalizer 2, or Jack Reacher 2, was lower I'm 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 not even gonna figure it. Here. I'm not even gonna figure in sequels. I'm gonna frustrate you to all heck right now. Are you ready? Okay. I think John Wick is first. John Wick or John Wick two? I'm not. I told you. I'm not it's doing, obviously chapter two. I'm not doing sequels. Right, I'm, I'm saying just in general franchise. It's first, and then I would have to say that actually I like all of the other three are both the same. Equalizer, Jack Reacher, and this one, Peppermint. And what about Taken? Um, non-stop? Mm, uh, I, I'm not saying that I don't like it. I, I do like it, but I would say I probably like these ones more. I'd probably put that on just underneath. Yeah. I mean, I would say I think Taken 1 is a better movie than this, but I can easily see this becoming a better trilogy than Taken, which should have just been one movie. Um, but, I mean, my favorite Liam Neeson movie is non-stop. I mean, obviously I said it on the other episode, Jack Reacher, John Wick, and Equalizer. Those That's like the holy trinity of Jerry Action films. Uh, and then after that, you have, like, in my opinion, Nonstop and Taken and Peppermint would be in there. Um, but it's just, it, it's, there's been so many of these movies that have gotten screwed up. Most of them by the same director, Pierre Morel. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this one I think really hit. So I'm excited. I'm excited if they do make a sequel, although I'm not 100% sure they will. Seems like it's doing okay business. I think it would be great if they did do a sequel. Maybe I'll get a free anniversary. Present. Well, hey, we, we talked about this on the Equalizer episode that one of the weird things is that without even realizing it, you have on multiple Valentine's Days given me a Valentine's Day present of a Jerry Action film like John Wick or the Equalizer. Yeah, maybe it'll be Valentine's then. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. I have uh, to have something to buy you. Yeah, well, if you're willing to share me with Jennifer Garner. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you won't complain if I buy you something Jennifer Garner for Valentine's Day. Hey, I didn't complain. Don't pay me that way. I didn't complain when it was Denzel or Keanu Reeves or any of those other guys. Yeah, I know. Um, what do we have coming up? We are going to be doing... Um, here's a guy who never was able to get around to his Jerry Action film. Uh, loving tribute to Burt Reynolds, um, who I have some familiarity with, but uh, I was excited... Just to cover him because just realizing how huge of a movie star he is. So we're going to have a bit of a tribute episode probably within the next day or so uh, with me and Survivor Cook Islands, Billy Garcia, doing a tribute episode to Burt Reynolds uh, covering Smokey and the Bandit. And then as I mentioned, 
on our Amazing Race episode. Uh, we're going to be getting around to our anniversary month, which is normally the month of September. But because of Ben's traveling schedule, uh, we're going to be starting that a little bit later. But to make it more exciting, we're going to be starting it when he's here in our apartment, Jamie. <laughs> and we're going to be you're going to be joining in for Greece's 40th anniversary episode. Uh, that's one of the movies we're going to be covering. But so it'll kind of be coming mid September to mid October, something along those lines. You're excited for that. That's probably the next time you're going to be on an episode. Awesome. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you kind of peaked at the 20 minute mark. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I know that's okay. Anyways, look forward to those episodes and much more. Um, my name is Colin, husband of Jennifer Garner. I mean, Jamie. Excuse me? My name is Jamie, and I really like ice cream. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.